an island about to explode, a genetic experiment on the loose, and clones. It's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. disappointed that there was zero kings zero kings yeah, yeah. i was yeah. hoping there was going to be a like a, a t-rex sitting on a throne at one point maybe in a hollow earth or something like that didn't happen with a crown absolutely yeah. yep absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah where is the hollow earth in this movie alex yeah that's like the question i'm ready for it <laughs> Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we are discussing Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. With me, the one and only modified and deranged dino clone himself, Alex. Oh, thank you. Wow. Quite the uh, quite the braise over here. And joining me, just a clone of Eric. <laughs> Yeah, this is not me, actually. This is uh, my clone yeah, speaking yes. today. So yeah. anything that you disagree with, you can blame blame on my clone. That's right. That's right. That's right. So feel free to say whatever you want, Eric. I'll, uh, I will not back you up 100%, but I'll at least act like it. Yeah, and you'll edit out everything that clone Eric disagrees with you about. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, we are going to talk about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but... We will finish our film discussion this week with uh, back. What's it called? Back to the what? Or uh, battle? Bat- no, battle for big battle rock. at Big Rock. Battle yeah. at Big Rock. Yeah, battle at Big Rock. The short film that follows Fallen Kingdom and it's kind of the. I would say it's going to end up being kind of this middle ground piece between Fallen Kingdom and Dominion. Yeah, wouldn't you say? I would say I would say that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk about that here in, in just a couple minutes. I think we probably will have enough to discuss for this one, though, Alex. Yeah. So you want to jump on in? Definitely. Let's do it. All right. Jurassic World Fallen, Fallen Kingdom follows up with the main protagonist from Jurassic World, Claire and Owen. Claire has traded her capitalistic apathy for dinosaur rights organizer as she flexes her leadership skills while Owen has rejected his status as motorcycle-riding action star for cabin-in-the-woods hermit. (laughs) So, let's start with this question, Alex. After this film, should the Jurassic World franchise be saved like the dinosaurs, or should it retreat to a cabin left alone forever? (laughs) I think it definitely should be saved. While probably the weakest Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World movie... That's probably the weakest. The, the film actually ironed out a lot of my issues with it during the third watch of this film. So third time's a charm, it turns out, because I've really <laughs> been pretty down on this movie the first two times I watched it. <laughs> third time's a charm. <laughs> How many people watch a movie they don't like three times since yeah, 2018? Know, right? <laughs> well, it's not that I... And again, this movie isn't a thing that I dislike. There's just... There was a lot of elements that I don't like that mm-hmm. maybe I've come around on for I don't know why. So <laughs> I actually appreciated the weird human element here uh, where we find out Maisie is a clone. Uh, you know, more evidence of some of the experiments that are resulting from the genetic manipulation perpetrated by Lockwood and Hammond. Now, mm. I do like that we find out that that was why Hammond separated himself from Lockwood is, you know, this human element. I wish the film went into that a bit more, you know, uh, because I, I do like the the dinosaur hybrids. I will never get tired of abominations being created. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I do think it actually raises some interesting questions about if it's okay for man to create life like this. Now, I think the element of human experimentation and creation uh, of of other humans, I guess, should be explored a bit more, no doubt. And maybe the horror, maybe the 
you know, the horrors of, of what early attempts at this looked like, but Mm -hmm. that's not terribly original to show that kind of stuff. Like it reminds me of alien resurrection, uh, actually one of the better and more horrifying moments of that film. That's not very good, but those moments actually worked really well. But, you know, I do wonder if maybe we should have dabbled a bit more in that to really let ourselves sink our teeth in there. But I I do like the question posed by the film about whether the animals should be saved or not. Uh, I like that we are presented with, you know, like you said, Claire's new organization versus the wise words of Malcolm, because his points are not uh, without their own merit. And I'm not sure what side I really land on, but I think there is a real question that needs to be asked, and and the film asks it. I don't know if they quite answer it, but once life is created by man, you know, even if it's man-made life, do we have the right to just let it die out, to to just give up on it, to, I guess, abort it? I mean, I think it's an interesting question to raise. And I actually like that Claire, while... Uh, she's on this crusade to to kind of save them. I like that she ends up agreeing with Malcolm at the end that maybe they they are too dangerous to set free because she chooses for the dinosaurs to die at the end of the film, and then that is turned loose by Maisie, feeling sympathy for these things, turns them loose. And I think that actually says a lot about Claire Claire's growth that she goes from crusading for them to ultimately knowing that she just cannot set these things free on unsuspecting people. Mm. Huh? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I've got to say that for the most part, just to go back to my film introduction, (laughs) I I would prefer if, if this Jurassic world would join Owen in the woods. Uh, I don't have too high of expectations for the next one, Jurassic world dominion to Mm. say the least. And the primary reason for that is, is the writing, which is which is credited to Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly. And those are going to be the same writers for Dominion, except for that Trevorrow is back at the helm. Mm. One of the fatal flaws in this film happens right from the beginning. And it's the question that you raised. And it's this premise that the audience is going to side automatically with Claire's organization in fighting for the survival of the dinosaurs. Well, it sounds cruel on the outset to let them die, I found myself siding with Malcolm in his opening monologue much more than Claire's organization. Um, If this point was supposed to be ethically dubious, which I do believe that was probably the intention to make it more ethically dubious and kind of that you could debate it on both sides. Mm -hmm. I think that needed to be explored a whole lot more because the movie seems built on the fact that we buy Claire's transformation and buy Claire's mission, which I just don't. Um, we've seen these dinosaurs and the problems that they create, and they were created by by scientific manipulation. The word that you used, abort, Alex, I think is a bit strong because it's not as if it's it's a very natural way for these animals to go out. Or we did create these animals; we shouldn't have. This is a pretty natural way f- for them to go. Um, we as humans just have a natural propensity to screw stuff up. (laughs) And this is no different. Like these dinosaurs in this film would have been no different. You combine that with some of the flattest characters that you've ever seen, the most obviously corrupt from the outset villain and useless plot lines that don't serve the story. And you have a lot of writing problems here. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. I, before I get onto the writing problems, I do think it's, it, I do think that there is a philosophical question here that, and I agree, it doesn't quite dive into it maybe enough, but I do like the idea that if we create life, are we responsible for it? Do we just like, do you just like create something and then just let it die? It's kind of like the AI argument. If you gave, give AI sentience, is it murder if you kill it? And I, I think it's a, I think it's a similar question being asked here that I really I actually really do like. Now back to your question about the writing. I do think that there's some writing problems here. Uh, I have to agree with. I I think the movie has one foot out and one foot in at times. And I think there's some really weird shoehorning that went on uh, in weird ways to attempt political references at the time. 
you know, we 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 have to address how lame the ham-fisted Toby Jones is as Mr. Eversaw. He's supposed to be this Donald Trump figure, very clearly. But his character doesn't feel like he even fits in this universe. <laughs> he's oh, yeah. so he's so weird. And it's clearly this ham-fisted way to just have a polit- to essentially kill Donald Trump on the film, which is weird. I think it's a weird thing to do in a universe this is completely removed from our reality, frankly. Mm. And so, I mean, and then we even get like a nasty woman line delivered by perhaps our dumbest bad guy ever and JP and in, in, in the Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. So those elements alone kind of indicate how maybe it wasn't so important for them to tell the story they wanted, right? If you're willing to sacrifice your vision to throw in stupid things like this, I, I think it does speak to how bad maybe some of the writing is. Now, and another thing that this really made me think of, though, too, is that we haven't really had very many bad guys in this series. Mm-hmm. Is I thought that was like, I started thinking about that. I was like, "Wow, there's very few bad guys <laughs> in this entire series." You know, we get some in Lost World, but one of the main bad guys turns out to not be so bad. Actually, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like he he flips. He has he has growth, and he gets away scot free. The real bad guy dies, but he's kind of a nothing burger, honestly. And then. We don't really get much in the last film. We get like a, a military brute who's he just gets he gets axed pretty quickly. Yeah. Another thing that I don't like again, okay, maybe this is the writing, maybe this is acting, but I find that this is the film's biggest weakness. Uh, Rafael Spall as Eli Mills. I think he's just plain terrible as the main villain. Yeah. His face doesn't match his lines <laughs> at most points. Like, it's weird, because his vocals seem to match the character that I feel like he should be portraying. His lines are delivered really effectively and all that, but then his facial expressions just have, like, this weird lack of movement. Like, he's, like, muttering to himself, almost. Like, mm. like he's mumbling. And so, it's just, like, his, his vocal acting is pretty good, but this body is awful <laughs> it's just terrible and he's just not a good bad guy like just like the other two and so you know generic there's no layers to them you know just steal dinos and make money mm-hmm. but you know you said you don't buy claire's development and again i i do i i felt like it was actually a natural evolution after that finding the brontosaurus i don't know if it's a brontosaurus but finding the brontosaurus in the last movie she clearly had like a pretty big revelation seeing these things all murdered like that and then i like that her and owen didn't work out in the last movie because we both commented how it's just like didn't make any sense and sure and sure enough it didn't quite make sense i like that they kind of get back together in this and i'm hoping in the next movie they break up again (laughs) because i think that would be pretty funny um and then another thing that I do like Claire's arc though over the end, and like I said, where she ends up with letting wanting to let the dinosaurs die because she just cannot set them free. She knows they are too dangerous to not be contained somewhere. But what I was really disappointed in as well was Owen. Um, he's not really flat necessarily, but he doesn't get development either. I, I I still find his car- uh, Chris Pratt's Owen really charming and likable. You know, I really like seeing his love for Blue expanded upon even more because you really do feel a lot more for that relationship this time around. I think uh, it's probably because ba- Baby Blue is so cute. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. probably part of it. But I really do like that element of it. But it, it it's it's kind of back to what you said, Eric. This isn't really a write. Uh, this isn't a performance problem. This is a writing problem. That isn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm not. Cri- wouldn't criticize his performance. Um, I also wouldn't uh, criticize Bryce Dallas Howard either as Claire. Though I don't really buy into her transformation as much as you do. Both between these films and within this film, there's. I don't know. I I, I don't buy it quite that that much, but. I'll tell you, I have issues with the writing, but I do want to give props to the director of this one, J.A. Bayona, uh, who I think directed the heck out of this movie, actually, and gave us some fantastic set pieces. (laughs) 
Yeah. Now, there are a couple things like you could have created some more tension probably at a couple of moments, especially in a couple of buildups. But on multiple occasions, I was impressed by the camera work and imagination in this film. Despite the convoluted way to get our characters back to the island, which is incredibly ridiculous. Like (laughs) why you would ever believe in it. It just doesn't make any sense. But despite that convoluted way to get the characters back to the island, visually that island exploding escape sequence is the best part of this movie and quite (laughs) spectacular in a literal sense. I'm surprised that you liked it so much because you're not really a big spectacle fan. And I like that you liked it because it is a fun, ridiculous sequence. (laughs) Yeah. But like it was, it was, um, it was, it was a fun, ridiculous sequence. Right. Um, (laughs) yeah. So I, so I liked it. There, There are sequences both there and in the later scenes at the mansion that are these longer takes that make me fully invested in those scenes. Mm -hmm. Some of the shots um, at the foreboding ending are are stunning as well. I think, Um, unfortunately these shots are killed again, I think by lack of characterization, Mm -hmm. I mentioned that we get no real development from any of the characters. and, And I think that runs true for each of them. It's a testament to the film that I actively don't care what happens to any of these characters because they are just one-sided and don't feel like actual humans at all. And it's frustrating to me because with just a little bit of characterization, the stakes would have been raised and every bit of tension that we should have felt would have felt more meaningful. Yeah. So to get back to Bayona though, I think visually I like this movie a lot more than the last one even. So I'm a bit disappointed to see Trevorrow returning to direct Dominion actually. Yeah, I, I think I think I get that. Now we're going to talk about Big Rock a little bit later, and that mm-hmm. made me excited for Trevorrow directing True. Dominion. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, but because I do have to say, like like you said, um, Bayona, his the opening moments of this film alone, before we get the title card, there is a shocking number of just awesome shots especially in these underwater moments. Like I just kept writing them down. I was like, you know, the door opens and the, the light, when they go in, there's the Mosasaurus behind them. There's all these really cool moments that when they, when they send the uh, Indominus Rex rib, I think it was a rib up into the, the surface and you see the lightning go off and you see the Mosasaurus hovering over them there's just so many cool moments in the opening of this. And then we get even more when we return to the Island, like the baryonics emerging from the, uh, when they're in the underground facility with the lava coming in and -hmm. the baryonics pokes his Mm -hmm. head out. And it's like that reveal with the lava showing him coming towards them. So good. Like there are uh, the Indoraptor when it's reaching, it's, weirdly almost human-esque arm out with its claws to grab Maisie twice in the film are these really like awesome horror moments in the film. I just, I'm really impressed by them. Uh, Some of my favorite horror moments in the entire Jurassic world series and the, the, the tension building, it's just, he just captures it so well. Now I do have to give, give the film some other props real quick. Like I said, I can never get enough hybrid dinosaurs. And honestly, I'm a little disappointed that they say that there's no hybrids in Dominion. I'm still hoping they're lying to us <laughs> because they are absolutely terrifying. I like that the Indoraptor has so much personality. It's almost comical. And this is at least to me, like it almost looks like a practical effect at times. I can't, I, I'm not sure if it all is, but it kind of looks like it sometimes. Um, and seeing the intelligence of this creature really sells this idea of them using dinosaurs in the future for warfare. Mm-hmm. I really do like that. Like it really hammers home that point that these things are going to be used for warfare. And I'm excited to see the prospect of them finally tackling this idea in the new film, but that Indoraptor luring the bad guy into the cage moment is yeah. pretty cool. When you see him like smiling almost, Oh yeah. I could see some people not liking that, but I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, it leans into what the film is is trying to do, right? It's a bit hammy, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> For me, I, I don't think that you said you kind of like the clone human aspect. I, I don't think the clone storyline is really necessary at all. Mm, yeah. I found myself intrigued by Lockwood as a character. That's an intriguing character because of the mystery that surrounds him and his connection to Hammond. But Maisie and, and the entire clone storyline, I, I don't see what it adds to the film overall. I mean, sure. Yeah, I get it. Like thematically it, it's, it's right there on the nose with the connections between the genetically modified dinosaurs and her as a human. But I just feel a bit skeptical about it because of how it's developed. Uh, I, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think um, that analogy and that connection between dinosaurs and a human clone is one that I would make. Hmm. Uh, no one would throw away and devalue the life of the first human clone. Um, so again, all, all of this would be more thought-provoking and meaningful if we had characters to attach to. It's absolutely wild. I can't even find anything meaningful to say about Owen and Claire except that they're there. And I know this is coming across as harsh I actually did like this film more this time than the first time around um, because it has some fantastic ideas in theory, but in practice and in reality, I did want more. But Just wait until you see it the third time, Eric. I know. I need to watch it a third time. That's the key. That's the key. I've only seen it twice now. I need to watch it a third time so that I can really appreciate the nuance here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> let's, let's talk Battle at Big Rock, though. So this is the short film that was released just a couple of years ago. Um, after Fallen Kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. um, directed by Trevorrow. That really is this in-between piece. This would have been a good NVM Plus topic, uh, but we have something else planned today. So we're going to go ahead and talk about it now on the episode. So if you yeah. haven't seen it yet, now's a good time. It'll take you about seven minutes to watch. Look up Battle at Big Rock on YouTube and then come back and join us. Yeah. Well, now that you are back... <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Monsters vs. Men. Um, I, I knew this was where the Jurassic World series was heading after the closing of Fallen Kingdom. To me, it feels a bit like the new Planet of the Apes trilogy in terms of trajectory. Hmm. A little Walking Dead territory too, right? We're going to have this sort of like survive. I don't know. I, I'm interested in where the film will go because I did watch the trailer one time, but I've forgotten it. I just remember snow. That's it. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure how this will translate into a full movie. Um, but for the short, I, I was impressed. There was more characterization with this little family right here than there was in the, the two-hour feature-length film that preceded it. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Dude, I, you said you were disappointed with Trevor was directing the next one. I say, mm -hmm. if it's anything like Battle Battle for Big Rock, like, welcome back, good sir. Would you like another Jurassic World movie or two? <laughs> like, <laughs> I am impressed with the feeling of terror that is felt for the family that is introduced in just a few moments. Like, like you said, the characterization and the development of them is great. Now, I don't think they have arcs or anything. I don't think that's no, what no, you're no. saying. But uh -huh. that you feel for them immediately. Now, part of that is because they're kids, right? And a baby, especially. We haven't really seen a baby in Jeopardy in this series. And so you feel for them even more in yeah, this one. Intense. But it <laughs> is like, this is so intense. It, what's really cool about Battle for Big Rock is, and I just watched it before we started recording. So I'm, only, I'm coming off pretty fresh. And I'm really impressed with one thing about the Jurassic World series, whether we like fallen kingdom or not i appreciate that the first movie established a trajectory for the rest of the series mm -hmm. and that's the weaponization of certain dinosaurs and we're seeing that now right we're yes they're on the loose here but we see how they can be turned into weapons and i really like this fight between like we see that they're proliferating right and while there are wild ones you kind of wonder like what about all the ones that were bought and shipped off already. What what happens with all of these? And this film shows like the terror that is going to be imposed on all of our hero characters this next time around because you know they didn't stop at raptors, right? They didn't stop training raptors. So we're going to see things like this actively attacking and pursuing our heroes in the next film. 
So I think we're going to get some pretty terrifying moments in this next film. And it's got <laughs> Battle for Big Rock got me so hyped <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> for Dominion, actually, that I just I just can't wait to see what they do. Yeah, I will be waiting with a bit more trepidation. But yeah, I, I'm excited to see kind of what I'm excited to see what they'll do with our Jurassic Park characters in particular. Uh, that that will be interesting. Yeah, uh, for sure. Please get them together in a organic way. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. How yeah. do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we both, I know, appreciated as well the the credit sequence. Oh, they were so funny. They were so funny. Because it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> the little girl being chased by the copies was hilarious. I and like the shark. The, the shark's <laughs> really good. But my favorite one is the wedding where they release the pigeons and uh, the pterodactyl <laughs> slows down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's really good, man. Like, there's some real humor in dinosaurs interacting with people. <laughs> it turns yeah. out, like, I'm excited to see a little bit of that. But I'm really hoping, like, this is, like, the most horror Jurassic World ever is what I'm really Mm. hoping Dominion ends up being because I feel like it might be. Well, if it's going to be, if it's going to be, it needs to lean into building interesting dynamics between the characters. Oh yeah. Interesting. And and like fleshing out our characters and and finding ways to make us care. Right. Um, If you do that, then you might be able to to do something really cool and horrifying at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, this week on MVM Plus, Alex, I have a special guest for for the the podcast and for our Ooh. bargain base mites. This is kind of a, a bit of a throwback sort of conversation because we are talking Gamera. So if you are a Gamera fan, you don't want to miss out on the conversation that I have with. He's actually a former a huge film buff, super pretentious, has his YouTube channel we'll talk about. Uh, but he just has finished watching the Showa Gamera films. Uh, and he listens to our podcast, Alex. So I'm really curious to hear his takes. Uh, he is a former, one of my student teachers uh, oh. that was with me at, at my school. And he's teaching, he teaches English at another school now. Uh, but he's a big film fan, has watched all of the, Godzilla show of films and now he's watching the Gamera show of films and I'm excited to, to hear his take and get a bit uh, into the Gamera show of films because he's just watching them straight too. He hasn't seen mystery science theater uh, or anything like that. Or what's, what's it called? Uh, is that what it's called? Mystery science theater? Yeah. Mystery science theater is 3000. 3, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't seen that, which we have. I hadn't before doing our Gamera series. So it'll be really interesting to have that conversation <laughs> and talk some Gamera because it's been a while and, and I miss some Gamera. Yeah, man. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. All right. Well, let's get into our staple awards. We've got our compelling character first. Who do you have, Alex? Uh, yeah, I've got the Endoraptor. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the most, yeah, probably the most compelling character. You're right about that, Alex. <laughs> yeah, this is such a cool dinosaur. It's the first, like, we, we've seen a little bit of personality, but this is, like, comically uh, mm-hmm. has personality. We get smiles. We get tail wagging. <laughs> but we also get some pretty brutal, like, attacks on this thing. It, I just really want to know, you know, its background, right? I want to see the development cycle of this prototype Indoraptor. I, I just, that's what I said earlier. I can't get enough of the hybrids, and I'm sad that we're not going to get more, allegedly. But Indoraptor, this one's for you. Shout out to my homie. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that's a good choice. Uh, Mine is <laughs> Sir Benjamin Lockwood. Um Yes, I, I think we could have gotten more. I, I think we could have gotten more from his character because I found the the relationship with Hammond that isn't really explored uh, too much. It's, it's kind of mentioned, and mm-hmm. you know, there's some sort of conflict there. They didn't see eye to eye. I do think the clone idea is an interesting way to. It's an interesting way to. Um, 
show that split. I think my issue, like as I'm thinking about it and reflecting about it, as we've been talking, Alex, I think my issue is that I feel like Maisie is just thrown in as that emotional conduit that we're supposed to feel for. And it kind of manipulates our emotions because she is a, a kid, right? Yeah. Um, but then she's a kid that's used as a plot tool. I, I don't know. Something feels off with it for me. I, I still haven't quite put my finger on it yet. But the Lockwood character was interesting to me, for sure. And I think that probably has something to do with James Cromwell's performance. He's yeah. pretty good in most of the things that he's in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a note while I was watching this movie. You were talking about Maisie and maybe what your issue is. And uh-huh. this is an issue that I, I've noticed in all the movies. Uh, or not in all the movies, but in Lost World, JP3, and this one. Mm-hmm. Um. Kids in these dinosaurs and these Jurassic World Park movies should not have heroic moments. Mm. I don't think it works for the film. I don't think yeah. the gymnast works. I don't think Rambo the kid in Jurassic Park Three works. And I don't think about- her like climbing on the outside of the building, scurrying across, which made absolutely no sense. <laughs> right, right. Again, well, why did you go out the window? Well, she couldn't get out know. the door. Well, well, there was a guard out front in front of the door, so she had to go out the window to get aware, get around them to go into uh, the secret bunker. Um, but 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 when she leads um, when she leads Owen out there, or Owen tries to lead her, it's very strange. Like at the, the the climax of the movie, they had an opening just to leave the room, but they didn't take that opening. They decided to go out. Onto the roof, and I was like, "Why?" But does but, but it, isn't the Indoraptor cutting off? Oh no, they can't go out the room because the, the Raptor and Blue are fighting, or Indoraptor and Blue are fighting. Yeah, but so, it seemed like it seemed like just as much distance between going out the window and going out the door. Like there's, they're both right there in the middle of the room, and we decided to to take the the route out the window. I it, would, it's fine. Hey, I, I will say it's probably harder for the Indoraptor to get you outside. Than it is in a hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but <laughs> the Indoraptor seems to do pretty well wherever. Well, uh, yeah. He's he's made for killing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you with the heroic moment. What about the heroic moment in Battle at Big Rock? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because it's a short film, but uh-huh. don't give me that ever again. <laughs> well... I like it in this because it's set up a little bit. It's set up and like a quick little throwaway. But you, you can also say that the gymnast is set up and I I, 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 I am not about it. <laughs> I would have liked it more if, yeah, the gymnast is set up. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, I would have liked it more actually if it turned out it was their neighbor right there. Um, I would have too. Because... It just would have been kind of this more like communal type of thing, but it also would have have taken away from the terror at the end when they're kind of alone there. And it's like, uh Oh, what's next? Right. Right. Um, So it's, it's, you could go either way, but I do think it would have been cool if it was the the neighbor that he was getting onto right before. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Them, I just cool. I, I don't think kids deserve hero, heroic moments with dinosaurs. <laughs> I, I just don't like it. I guess. Uh, yeah, kids are not heroes, Alex. No. <laughs> um. All right. It, what about your most memorable line award? Uh. Yeah, I got to give it to. It, <clears throat> it's a series of lines. During a really fun moment of the movie, and that's the when the baryonyx is coming, and they hear that they hear the dinosaur, and Franklin uh, says like, "Where does that tunnel lead?" And Claire's like, "Well, it leads to the rest of the park." <laughs> and Franklin's like, "It's a T Rex. It's a T Rex." He just keeps saying it over again. She tells him to stop. Uh, she says, "It's not a T Rex, probably." And he's like, "Probably." And then eventually, like. <laughs> It shows up, and, and she goes, see, it's not a T-Rex. And he says, like, how is this better? I just really like that moment. It kind of gave Claire a bit of humanity, showed that she's loosened up a lot since <laughs> since yeah. the last movie, because she's, like, delivering, you know, a few little quippy lines that I like. And mm-hmm. uh, I just like that interaction between her and Franklin, because, frankly, frankly Franklin kind of falls off the map after this. Yep. <laughs> We haven't talked about those two characters. That's because uh, they don't matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, mine comes, my most memorable line comes from Ian Malcolm, um, who says, 
Senator, with all due respect, God's not a part of the equation. And this comes in his conversation with the senator about what to do with these dinosaurs Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the film. I do think it's a, I just think it's a more complex issue. Again, to kind of reiterate, I felt the same way the first time I watched it. I remembered immediately like what my issue was is that it just, I, I think the film does assume that we are going to side with Claire automatically but i just don't think we should i think it's a lot more complex not that we should side against her necessarily in her organization i'm not saying that either i just think it's it's a more complex situation um than this black or white situation that the film makes it out to be yeah i see it's it's funny you feel that way because i i feel like i've asked that question several times Mm. and that's like kind of what claire's character is kind of built off of in the in her finale yeah. So I think it, yeah, interesting. Yeah. What about your can't believe the acting award? I got to give it again. I think I, I think I gave it to him last <laughs> week. I'm going to give it to him again. BD Wong is Henry Wu. He's like uh-huh. even more slimy this time. <laughs> like like he, he is just like, that man's a monster. I cannot wait to see what he is doing in this new one. Mm. Because you know, he's making something right. Like he's brewing up a new dino. We know that there's a new big dino that, for some reason, they are comparing to the Joker, which is just, I don't know why they're doing that. <laughs> like, like, shut up, Colin Trevor. Like, don't talk about your dinosaurs like they're superhero villains. Oh, um, I know. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm excited to see what he's cooking up again. And I think that he just does a really great job in his little minimal role. I again, he's surprised for someone who is creating these monsters. He's surprisingly like tactile and reserved because he's telling them like, "Do not sell this thing." He knows no one can control mm. it, and he wants to perfect a masterpiece. Yeah, and I love yeah. that idea of this just mad scientist who still has tethers to reality, but just wants to perfect a killing machine. I like that too. Actually, that was a moment that I liked when he was like, "No, you shouldn't sell this thing." <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that was cool. I if, if yeah, I actually think that is an issue. I, I know you like the Indoraptor. I, I'm okay with the Indoraptor, but like that, it, it may it's probably a little too much, and <laughs> it's it's a little too leaning into human characteristics for me to. I don't know. I, I like a dinosaur that feels like a force of nature, right? Yeah, that's just like that. it is just remember, Eric, T-Rex. This is not a force of nature. This is no, man-made. it's not. It's not. But I, I find the T Rex more terrifying than the Indoraptor, right? Um, because it is that force of nature. It's just going. It's just responding to its surroundings and its natural instincts. It doesn't have this sort of motive behind it. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. How about, uh, oh, I, I can't believe the acting. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Isabella Sermon as Maisie. Even though I don't like that storyline, I didn't necessarily think this character added much except for emotional manipulation into the film. Isabella Sermon did everything that the film asked of her to do. And, and she did it well enough. So I, I appreciated her acting. For a child actor, I, I think she did well in yeah, this one. I agree. What, what about, about your... Oh, that's a good shot. Yeah, I got to give it to the opening of the Mosasaurus habitat. Mm. Um, when they're they're opening the doors and it's just a light, it was just very, like, sci-fi, like, going into, like, this... like I, It felt like a space scene where they're entering, like, this alien spaceship. Yeah, it is just really cool. I mean, there again, I mentioned this earlier, but there are so many fa- fantastic shots in the opening of this that it's hard mm-hmm. to pick one. I want—I do want to give a runner-up though to the Baryonyx reveal in the tunnel when the lava drips and it's just like in the distance. Ah, oh yeah, so good. What about you? Yeah, it is. So mine is the inside the bubble ride shot that falls off the cliff and into the water and starts sinking. Right. Mm. Um, that's a good that's one. That's just awesome. It feels like one take. There's a couple little tricks I think that the camera oh, yeah. does there, uh, of course. So it's not this one continuous take, but it is very claustrophobic, very immersive, submersive in a literal sense. 
but immersive <laughs> as an audience member, I'm buying into it. And I think it's a standout sequence of, of action in this movie. We get a couple of those, but with that sequence and, and the camera work there really impressed me. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, what about your best dino death? Ooh, dino death. Um, I'm going to go with Ken Wheatley's death. And this is the Indoraptor when he lures him in. Uh, and we see that he has not been knocked out. And then he takes out Ken Wheatley. Unfortunately, Levi happened to walk in right at that moment, which Ooh. is probably the most intense and messed up moment <laughs> in yes. the film. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh my gosh. What did he, he think about that? Me. He was like, he was like, he hurt his hand. I'm like, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that he ripped his arm off. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was rough. It was rough. Uh, how about you? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, me, Eli Bills. I was so glad to see this character get killed. And not only killed, but ripped in half. Um, thank you, T-Rex. And what was it? A, a Carnotaurus? Oh, man. A Tora. I don't know. I don't even try. I I, Car- I give you credit for trying. Yeah, I think it was a Carnotaur. Um, it tries to get in on the legs, and it gets knocked away. I just appreciate them getting rid of this character. Thank you. <laughs> he was bad. He, he was not good. <laughs> he was not good. Um, all right, unique awards, Alex. I, I'll tell you mine. Mine was Godzilla did it better award. Oh, and this okay. is the uh, the the sad Dino death as they're leaving the island. You know. Oh uh, yeah. In the smoke, it feels. It just reminds me so much of the Godzilla death scene in Destroya, right? Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, I, I like the Godzilla one better. Oh, I, really? Uh, I might have, I might have allegiances to the Godzilla franchise, but Godzilla did it first. So. I, I like the Brontosaurus way more. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's not even depressing. Close. <laughs> I, again, I, I'm one of the people though that the Destroy a movie. I just doesn't do it for me. Um, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, but it, I know it makes a lot of people cry. You're all fools. <laughs> You're all fools. <laughs> I'm just kidding, everybody. Still listen to our podcast. Um, and then for me, for my um, unique award, I'm going to go with... Ooh, man, you almost made it award. And that's going to go to our, our guy at the beginning of the film who who is opening the Mosasaurus enclosure and then closes it. And he gets chased by a T-Rex his buddies almost cut him down because the T-Rex grabs the ladder. They Luckily, it snaps just in time. He's fine. His friends didn't kill him. <laughs> and then the Mosasaurus gets him. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It's Jeez. awesome. He almost made it. It was cool. Yeah. No, I like the opening here. Uh, I thought that was pretty, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Better luck next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll go ahead and share my final thoughts and, yeah. and rating here, Alex, and then I'll let you finish up. Uh, we like to start, we like to end positively. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, this is better the the second time around than it was the first time, but I still have major problems with the characters here. They just don't make me feel anything. And it's unfortunate because I don't think this film is directed poorly. I don't think this film for the most part with a few exceptions, um, such as Rafe Spall as Eli Mills that you mentioned. I don't think this film is acted poorly. I think all the performances are fine. Um, we just don't really get a reason to, to care about the characters. We get a reason to think and, and care about the dinosaurs. It almost seems like this film is maybe making up a little bit for uh, how the dinosaurs were treated cgi in the last <laughs> film. Um, yeah. Not in real life, but how they were treated or, or kind of viewed in, in the last film. I think we kind of make up for it in this one. I think the ethical question is an interesting one. I, I don't know if it does enough to, to to sell me that it's interested in the question as a, as an, a debate and as a philosophical quandary, or if it is using it as a way to kind of manipulate our emotions and assume that we'll be on one side versus the other 
and just buy into the fact that our heroes would blindly go back to this island with this organization that has the purest intentions at heart. <laughs> There's a lot that I have to assume with this movie. Yeah. And, and so for me, this isn't, ah, I will, I will say this is a gamma tier film, but it barely reaches that, that tier for me. It, it's really? really close to Gabra. Um, it might be. It's it's well, it's right there on that borderline. Mm, okay. How about you? Yeah, for me, the third time is better than the second, better than the first. Um, Fourth time is going to be a masterpiece. Oh my gosh, it's, this is going to be incredible. Um, We're watching it next week. I can't wait. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the third time uh, really alleviates some of the issues, but I still have similar issues as you, Eric. Uh, we just don't get enough character moments to really make us care a whole lot. Like, yeah, I still have leftover care from the previous film, but it's kind of, it's kind of faded. I need new stakes. I need a little bit more. And we just don't quite get it. Like, I do. I actually do find Claire's development pretty interesting here. And I like the questions asked um, by by Claire's organization versus Malcolm at the hearing. And I actually do think it's actually pretty compelling. And I think both arguments are presented well enough that, yeah, people are going to probably feel one way or the other, but you know, I was like, you know, both, I thought both sides had pretty good points and I didn't know quite where it landed. Uh, I think it's philosophically, I don't know if you could make a, a, a solid decision on this. Now I, I do like the set pieces. I think they're really well done. I think the terror is done pretty well uh, with some of the more horror shots that we get. And it's just, it is a lot of fun. I just wish we had a little more emotional heft behind it. And so since we do are missing so many of the character moments, like this is definitely a gamma tier for me. It, I, I would watch it again, but it's probably my least favorite. Uh, Jurassic movie it's competing with Lost World uh, Mm. for least favorite Um, but I'm going to give it to this one for now Um, but I still think it's fun and I'm interested to see where things go one thing I didn't mention Alex I was just thinking about it as you were uh, sharing your final thoughts is I agree with you about just some of the ways that the the characters are presented where uh, at the auction. I I never really love when we get these sort of auction scenes. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, not an auction scene in general. That's that's a bad way of describing it. I I don't like when we get these scenes with these really rich people that are just caricatures of rich people. Right. Um, they they don't they just never work for me. <laughs> I like th- this this takes the film and or it takes characters and it takes people and it just makes them into instruments of of death and and destruction that we can destroy and feel okay about it uh, because we can just assume that they're terrible people because they they have money which I I don't make that assumption necessarily. I would say. I don't know. Well, I, I'm not yeah. defending him, but it's like, I just don't like that. That was my least favorite part of Squid Game. Have you seen Squid Game yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's my least favorite part of Squid Game is that they just make caricatures of people where it's like, man, you could really take this opportunity to do something interesting well, with these characters instead of making them into puppets. And And it's also pretty opposed to... Um, the Jurassic franchise in general. Uh, you know, our our billionaires are people with dreams and ambitions, but flawed, right? Hammond. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot his name in the last night. Irfan? Uh, I, I can't remember. The billionaire in Jurassic World. Like, they're, they're interesting characters. They're flawed. But in this, we get that two-dimensional characters. And again, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about, about how we decided to as a writer decided to make political opponents caricatures and in doing so have really hollow villains when the series has never really had much in terms of villains. 
And our rich characters have always been had some sort of depth to them, one way or the other, that does not make them black and white, good or bad. And I think that that is a kind of a perfect illustration for the lack of care put into a lot of the characters. And like you said, even these rich characters, there's they're devolved into faceless evil nobodies, right? And yeah. that's kind of it's kind of lame. Well, now I sound like I, now I feel like I'm I'm defending the one percent here, <laughs> but I, <laughs> uh, I am just simply stating that I think the human condition is is more complex. That that's all I would say, and film can actually show us that complexity. But <laughs> next yeah. week, Alex, we've got Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, a movie that we have to go to the theaters to see. I'm excited Ooh. about it. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. <laughs> so do you have a rhyme for next week? Um yeah. The pause. Ho- hopefully. Ahead. Yeah. So next week we got Jurassic Park Dominion. Hopefully the characters are better than these minions. I hope to see the original cast all back, especially when we see new dinosaurs attack. Ooh, that's nice. pretty good. <laughs> I'm fired today. <laughs> uh, what about you? Right, I'm going to steal one of yours. Does okay. does the Jurassic Park Dominion elicit a strong opinion, or will the movie be a money grabbing minion? Ooh, okay, I like it. Mm. All right, man. <laughs> Can't wait. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. We love to hear your feedback on Fallen Kingdom at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com and we'll read that feedback on the show. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at nvm underscore pod. Become a bargain base mite at patreon.com forward slash nvmpod and receive weekly bonus content including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, a review or a share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms cell block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't forget to move your face when you act. And try, try to, to stay, stay alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Levi happened to walk in right at that moment, which is probably the most intense and messed up moment (laughs) in the film. He is like, he hurt his hand. I'm like, yes, he did. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.